Welcome, guys, to a new episode of the Trust Fall. Today, we'll be talking about what a platonic love or platonic relationship is. And for that, I invited Regine, who is a mom entrepreneur, who is also a life coach. And I'm also going to give her a chance to introduce herself. Hi, Regine. Hi, Natalie. Thanks for inviting me on your platform. I love what you're doing. Um, so my name is Regine. Some people call me Gigi. Um, you said it. I'm a mom. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a coach, a life coach. Um, I recently started the Caribbean American Alliance, um, mm -hmm. which is really about building the networks within the Caribbean and allowing the competencies, the amazing things that we're doing throughout the Caribbean to really come through and for mm -hmm. us to build a better solid network um, among each other. I think I kind of saw that in even your personal Instagram, how you're sending so many positive vibes, as well as some of the subjects that you have been um, presenting. And that's what attracted me to you. <laughs> so... Um, you started asking questions about what a platonic relationship is and if we think it would work. What would be your take on the subject? What is a platonic relationship to you? Hmm. So it, it's interesting. I asked the question um, because I really, I wasn't really set on an answer and it was interesting the responses hmm. that I got um, when I asked the question, which was, you know, are platonic relationships really um, possible? So for me, I think they are possible, but I do feel that people have to have an understanding of what it is. Um, you know, and I've gotten older now, and I think the key thing is communication. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think that platonic relationships especially between men and women. And obviously that's not all we're talking about, right? So mm -hmm. the world is so diverse now. Okay. And I know there's so many different types of relationships. But when I look at the, the dynamics between men and women, um, I find it harder for it to just be a platonic relationship without people having discussed that. Why? It's because, you know, as you start getting more used to people, um, there's a relationship that starts to develop. Because for me, I think the, the, the non-platonic is not only about the sexual aspect, right? It's about that intimacy that you have in terms of that person that you want to call when something happens or that emotional bond that you build with someone that sometimes takes you to the sexual intimacy. Um, and I think without the conversation that people have about the type of relationship that they have, Sometimes it becomes a slippery slope and you get into a very gray area. Um, I, I really love what you just said, because especially now in 2021, when it comes to getting to know somebody, we don't even take advantage of doing that. We jump into physical relationships, um, sexual relationships, and we don't give ourselves the chance to develop something that can be so strong and so valuable anymore. And I, I actually experience a, a platonic relationship and I have that with a, a dear friend of mine. And we spend hours talking, long hours talking. And 
there are times I'm asking myself, are we going to run out of things to say? (laughs) 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 And it never happens. And it's it's interesting because when you think about it, say, um, just because you're starting to feel certain emotions inside of you, I think it's important to decipher what they are. They don't particularly mean sexual or I want to date you or I want to be in a relationship. Well, a deeper relationship. I don't know if I'm making any sense. Yeah. <laughs> but they can be a, a, a strong, strong friendship relationship. Um, yes, in, indeed. I think, you know, but it's the definition that we have. And I think, you know, the one thing is understanding also how you're interpreting it is not necessarily how the other person is interpreting it. Um, and that's when you get into the dangerous area because it comes along with expectations and a bunch of different things that, you know, any relationship is actually not easy. You know, you're dealing mm-hmm. with two people, two different personalities, um, mm-hmm. and their life history experiences are different. So what, how you may be interpreting something, the other person might be interpreting it completely differently. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, both of us are from Haiti and um, oh, in yeah. our culture, I don't think that people are as used to really openly communicating things that are sometimes difficult or seem Mm -hmm. to be difficult. Um, And that's when we get into these sticky situations, I think, Mm -hmm. um, where it gets to a point and um, you're like, oh, wow, maybe it went too far. You know, and Mm -hmm. it, it goes back also to setting boundaries. I was about to say that. Good boundaries and open communication. Yeah. Exactly. And I think, you know, even myself... You know, I turned 40 <laughs> last December. Um, yeah, sure. And for mm-hmm. me, it's, it's, it's realizing also that, you know, before in my 20s and 30s, I was not very good about setting boundaries. You know, it's mm-hmm. not something that you learn. Um, and for me, it's just realizing what is needed actually to set a boundary that I'm comfortable with, communicating it clearly to other people also, because sometimes we don't communicate it clearly. And then it comes to a point where, you know, you become maybe passive aggressive or Mm -hmm. seem to be passive aggressive because you think, well, the person should just know, but if you (laughs) communicate it, how would they know, you know? Exactly. Um, So it becomes difficult in that sense. But, um, I don't know. I, I think it, it is definitely important for me. You know, I'm I'm single. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, it's been kind of, uh, I've trying to practice really just communicating that boundary, especially with guys who are friends, because mm-hmm. I think, you know, they're like, oh, she's single. So, you know, you never know my, how it might go. But mm-hmm. <laughs> um, for me, if I see you in my head as a friend already, it's it's it might develop you know it's there's been situations where it develops to something Mm -hmm, else mm -hmm. but it's also it will openly be communicated to that person it's not like oh let's just see how it's gonna go and you know at one point there should be a conversation like yeah you know maybe I have feelings for you or I have something um it just makes it easier I think I I was was doing some research on the subject and one of the questions that popped up on my research is that people are asking, can people who are in a platonic relationship um, be physical to some extent? Meaning mm. even <laughs> or as a kid, 
how do you believe okay there have i have lived these experiences where i've had a great friend and then because we crossed that line things uh-huh. started to get awkward and i kind of held myself accountable for that i regretted having crossed that line because somehow it tainted the perfect relationship that i had with that person mm. and that, it didn't need to get that far and sometimes i ask myself do people do that to test the waters to be like okay are we just friends or is can this go further it it, it is complex when i'm thinking about it now <laughs> it, it is very complex you know so i had a very similar situation i had a friend of mine you know i love to travel and mm-hmm. this was someone that i was like yes this is definitely a good travel partner you know the person who's down to earth always mm-hmm. up for anything and for me i really wasn't looking for any you know relationship if i can say so we ended up we traveled together and it was like we're going to go on an adventure and then it turned out that it was like you know a trip and then there was like you know some sexual intimacy that happened and mm-hmm. everything like that but then for me even before the trip i had put in my head this is what it is right so i put it mm-hmm. in a box it was nothing more than that um but then on his side after the trip was done it kind of like he was trying to start up a Figure conversation out. yeah exactly of what it could potentially be but for me because i had already categorized it it was just it was sealed what I had done already, deal. exactly it was already <laughs> sealed it was a done deal i had processed it in my head and that's what i wanted it to to remain um mm-hmm. and i don't know if it necessarily was fair um for me i didn't explore anything more than that but i knew if i wanted it to be just that from the beginning i had to should have communicated exactly mm-hmm. i had to not only communicate it but categorize that in my head because knowing myself like i'm a sagittarius like you know i <laughs> I, i believe in love and it's like uh, um <laughs> you know the hopeless romantic kind of thing so knowing myself i could have been someone that allowed myself to like you know potentially fall madly in love with someone mm-hmm. and that's not the conversation that we had right mm-hmm. so for me it was important for me to also i guess i had set my own boundaries um yeah. before i went on the trip um to to be sure that okay this is what it is um and for me also it was i can stay friends with that person after that and you mm-hmm. know i was able to communicate it you know sometimes it gets a bit uncomfortable um mm-hmm. but i did communicate it after the trip and we're still friends now um but <laughs> it's it just shows that sometimes it's not as simple you know it's going back to the point that you made it's yeah. not as simple as we think mhm um, and 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 it, even even the point that you made at the very beginning that we're from different backgrounds we have different languages um and it's good to have those things that i call the checkpoints and my listeners are probably going to be tired of hearing me saying the same thing over and over again <laughs> i'm a big fan of checkpoints meaning um you know like are, are we good i how are we moving forward with this um but i think it happens a lot in platonic relationships because there's this level of intimacy that is sans pareil like unlike any other it's mental it's yes. it can even be physical like i'll get comfortable getting undressed in front of you and i'm not going to think anything of it mm-hmm. um So to have that person to share these things with 
And that person actually makes time for you. And it doesn't matter how long it takes. It doesn't matter how bad you've done certain things and you can be vulnerable in front of that person. It's hard on, on my end to not potentially um, kind of like contemplate the idea that what if mm -hmm. soulmate, you know? <laughs> And then you're like, no, I don't want to ruin this. Let me just stay <laughs> friends. And I love what we have. Let's just keep going. <laughs> it, it, it's interesting what you're saying there because it's like, what are we really looking for? You know, when we talk exactly. about that soulmate, that partnership, is that not what we're looking for? You know, because mm -hmm. I think that the, the sexual aspect, once you get to that level of comfort, and I, I don't think that applies for everyone, at least for myself. Once I get to that level of comfort with someone, I feel like you start to develop because it's about the intimacy. It's about the comfort. It's about mm -hmm. being able to connect with that person, right? So that's where it gets into the gray area too because, you know, you can have a platonic friendship where this person is actually, you're so close to that person. You feel so comfortable, but then you step into this area and I think it can be platonic. The fear that we have is the fear of the unknown. Because we say, oh, yeah. if we step, right? If we step mm -hmm. into this area um, and then maybe we open a door, we don't really know what we're going to find behind it, right? So it's mm -hmm. also about being vulnerable. It's about saying, I'm going to open myself up. And what if that person doesn't reciprocate? What mm -hmm. if, you know, or I step into it and this is actually not what I wanted, so you have the potential of hurting that person also. So it's all of these things I think that we fear um, to transition from that platonic, the way that we typically think to think about the platonic and going into that one more level where it's a platonic plus the sexual intimacy, the centrality and all of that. Yeah. Um, I'll give you an example of a platonic relationship that I found funny. It's from a movie. I don't know if you've seen The Object of My Affection with Jennifer Aniston and Paul, what's his name, Paul Bod. And the story, uh, yes. mm -hmm. yeah, I love that movie. The story is that she begins to have romantic feelings for her gay best friend. And she decides she'd rather raise her child with him much mm -hmm. to the dismay of her overbearing boyfriend. So <laughs> it's interesting because that brings the next question. Say I have this strong platonic relationship with my best friend. Let's just say he's gay too. Let's keep it that mm -hmm. way. Okay. I fall in love with someone else. And now I'm battling with sharing time with my boyfriend and my gay best friend and my boyfriend gets jealous of my gay best friend <laughs> it's it's funny but it happens it happens and it's you know nothing's gonna happen as the boyfriend but you can't help these feelings because it doesn't make me special anymore because she shares that time with somebody else exactly what do you have to see on that Right. Because it goes into I know the other day I was having a discussion with these guys, you know, because there was one guy we were at lunch it was a group of us. Um, I think I was the only woman there. So I was like representing the women, unfortunately. Ooh, um, thank you. <laughs> and then, you know, this guy is like, well, I do all of these things for my wife and she doesn't appreciate. And I said, well, 
what you do is what you think she's going to want, right? It's not yeah. necessarily responding to her needs and her desires. And that's why there's been research done on the languages of love. Yes. Um, and the reason why I'm bringing that up is because, you know, the language of love, one of them has the quality time in it, which, you know, the platonic relationship might have that. So what you mm -hmm. were just describing, you know, between the boyfriend and your gay best friend, mm -hmm. that quality time, if you're giving it to your gay best friend, then that becomes an issue if that's the language of love of your partner. Yes, yes. So a compromise has to be made. Yeah. You know, oh. so it becomes difficult. You know, human relationships are so difficult. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, you know, you made me think of something. How when I was asking the questions about mm -hmm. the platonic relationship, and you know, sometimes people answer the polls, and then sometimes people send messages. And it was interesting okay. the messages that people send with regards to how they could see a platonic relationship between them and a friend. However, mm -hmm. not being able to communicate that to their partner. So a friend of mine, she actually Whoa. said, right? She said, um, she's married, she's been married for a while. And she said, well, you know, I don't know if I would be able to just go out to dinner with a platonic guy friend without my mm -hmm. husband. We have to take into consideration the cultural aspect of it, because back home, if I do remember, the minute that they see you sitting at a table with a man, they automatically make assumptions that you're dating or you have an affair or et cetera. Right. Very true. Very true. This person happened here. to be American. Mm -hmm. Oh, no <laughs> right? way. Yeah. So I, I was interested, but you know, in Haitian culture, definitely. I think there are many things that we have to deconstruct and, um, and break down, but in American culture that you think would be a bit more open. Yeah. And I was surprised that she made that comment. And I said, okay, so then if you can't tell your partner or your husband that you're going to dinner with a platonic friend and it's just platonic, then, then you probably shouldn't do it. <laughs> what was that? I was like, then you probably shouldn't do it. Exactly. But can you really have that platonic mm. relationship in that mm -hmm. way, though? Mm -hmm. Because, okay, I think that if you're up with a partner, and I understand we have our intimacy that we still have to maintain um we have the right to have our friends you met me with my friends and i understand that there are some compromises that i will make on my end or i i, I am even willing to work with certain things because i love you because it makes me happy to see mm -hmm. you this way but um if i cannot be myself and i feel guilty about being myself i probably should have that discussion with you. And it, it depends on what kind of partner do you have that you have. Can you really have that conversation without part? It's it's a lot, you know, it's a lot. It, um yeah, no, mm -hmm. definitely, you know, and it's difficult conversations. It's mm -hmm. it's it's convincing the person also that the relationship that you have with this other person is truly platonic. Yeah. It's the conversation is going to revolve around that because there's mm -hmm. also things like emotional cheating. Yes. Um, like it, it becomes even more complicated when you have a platonic relationship in a marriage. Like, is it healthy? 
for me, if I am to have one, I would want to for my husband to be comfortable with it or for, for us to have that conversation or because anything that makes your partner uncomfortable just shouldn't happen, I think. Or at least you should talk about it. I, I completely agree with you. Mm -hmm. That's why for me on my side, you know, I definitely have to set boundaries with my platonic relationships. Boundaries, for, yes. For me, the emotional um, intimacy is the one that's the highest for me. Um, mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. the, the, the sharing of things that are very personal, um, opening myself up to someone and like discussing topics that are sometimes difficult, that for me is really what I believe. Um, we have the same love, <laughs> right? So, and and for me, I can't separate the two. And I've started to realize it's like I I can focus on. That's why for me, I said you know it, it's never. I, I I don't like judging people, you know, and mm -hmm, it's like mm -hmm. people who cheat or people who things like that. And I'm just like for me, it would just be difficult because I'm unable to really share my attention between multiple people mm. right um because if i focus on one person that's the person that i want to share everything with in terms of what's going on today what are my problems what am i facing what are my dreams um yeah. really talking through everything with that and the sexual intimacy comes after i think once that is really you know at a space where i'm very comfortable and that is my person the sexual comes, right, without a problem. Mm -hmm. um, so that's where it becomes tricky for me if I start having a platonic relationship and I see myself, you know, something happens and I pick up the phone and I'm calling that person, that's an issue. Yes, we're going to piggyback on that. So let's, I, I had a question that just popped in my head. <laughs> um, is it healthy, do you think, um, for that platonic friend to be your relationship counselor meaning something bad happened with a boyfriend <laughs> and that's your person you're my person i use that term and i got it from Grey's anatomy with christina and um meredith i don't know if you watch I it probably got it from there too <laughs> yeah. that's my person yeah if i go to you and i open up i'm gonna tell you he i can't believe he did this so he did this he did that he did that and then you know um, I really want to know how, like, is it, how do you manage that? Do you, you, and even in those boundaries, can this be part of the boundaries? But if the most important person in your life is the one that's impacting your mood, that has, um, I don't know, some kind of effect on you, your best friend is going to pick up on that. And of course they want to know all the, give me all the juice girl. So, <laughs> right? How um, dangerous is that? I think you know, I think it's actually pretty dangerous. And I think, mm -hmm. um, you know, I kind of realized um, a few years back that sometimes you have to have um, different people that you speak to about different things. Um, I learned that this year too. <laughs> There's a friend for everything. It keeps exactly. it balanced. And then that one person is not a emotional, what is it? Garbage. Exactly. Yeah. Keep going. Exactly. It's, it's good for your mental health. It's good for their mental health, whomever those few friends are. 
but also I think um, one person cannot give you advice on everything, right? There are people mm-hmm. that are very good at looking at, you know, you're starting a business, they're very head on their shoulders, they can mm-hmm. tell you, you know what, this is advice, do this, that, that. Other people mm-hmm. that are more, you know, the emotional, so their emotional intelligence is very high and yeah. they can help you through that. So uh, for me, I realize it, it's not, you have to also be very careful sometimes. Um, how do you, what advice do you ask certain people based mm-hmm. on also what their experience, their life experiences have been? Because yeah. that's what they're going to utilize, right? To give you advice, to give you information. Um, so it's just being careful about that. And another thing for me that I also realize is that um, mm-hmm. it's not everything that happens in your relationship that you that you have to, talk to share exactly because there's a way that you can process give that someone else not in your relationship will never oh be able God. to do <laughs> and right. also um, i mean this is probably off subject but i'm glad you mentioned that um i came to realize that sometimes it's it's okay to, to have that friend to talk to but when you constantly come to someone with the negative aspect of your relationship, you're demonizing your partner. <laughs> and yes. then the next day when they see you walking down the streets together, they're like, that bitch, look at her. <laughs> <laughs> right? And they, so, they yeah. separate when you tell them about that person, exactly. that person anymore. And it's mm-hmm. unfair to that person also, right? Mm-hmm. Because obviously if there's, if you only tell someone negative things about one person and never positive, mm-hmm. what, you know, they, they can't really have a positive impression of that person. So it's very difficult. And sometimes, you know, in the heat of the moment, something might enrage you and you're upset. And yeah, something yeah. Like that. And you, pick up and you forgive and them and tomorrow. Exactly, <laughs> right? And meanwhile, your friend that you call is like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. This person is so evil and so bad. Mm-hmm. And then you forgave that person within, what, 24 to 48 hours. Yep. And that mm-hmm. person two months later is still holding on to, I can't believe you did this to my friend. Yeah. Like, girl, you, know? you should leave him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so, okay, what if my, plot, my platonic friend is my person for those kind of things? It's, it's, it's tricky in that sense. It, it but I, I agree. There's like a, a certain limit um, when it comes to it. it. It is. It is tricky. And, um, you know, as we said in the beginning, platonic friendships, we don't know how they're evolving. So mm-hmm. it's also realizing when people are giving you advice, mm-hmm. um, what's behind it sometimes, that, if that makes sense, right? Because mm-hmm. um, say your platonic friend you know, finds out that he's like deeply in love with you. <laughs> that person probably oh boy. should not be giving you advice on your current relationship. And especially if they haven't even told you. So you're trusting to come to them <laughs> exactly. even more. And they're like, mm, yeah, you're going to leave this man and you're mine right. now. <laughs> exactly. So it's, it's, it's just being careful. And that, you know, that's also for anything. Someone yeah. giving you advice. And I think, you know, I'm always wary of the people who give advice and Mm -hmm. are disappointed if you don't follow their advice yeah right Mm -hmm. so it has to be you give advice and you allow the person to 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 judge does this make sense for me or not and respect that you know Mm -hmm. 
Um, you make of it what you you want. You make of it exactly. what you need of it. Um, I value your opinion. I value your words. And that's why I came forward to you with my issue. But I am not here to obey everything you're saying. But Exactly. Yeah, like, nice. Ah, that brings us to the end of our episode. I didn't think it was going to last so long. So, <laughs> but it's good. It's good. I learned a lot today and I realized that I am all for platonic relationships. Um, just because of the time and the intimacy that comes in it, even if it leads to a potential real relationship, especially nowadays, um, I'm divorced. So I think taking your time and getting to know someone and slowing down and getting intimate and that builds trust as well is mm -hmm. very important so it, it, it is i i have mm -hmm. a question for you actually ah, go ahead you end, um you, you're divorced um mm -hmm. and you have a child so we're, we're kind of in very similar situations i'm divorced also mm -hmm. single mom oh wow um, hi hi <laughs> I mean, another another discussion on that to you know um oh god i'd love to <laughs> i've been wanting how, to talk about this <laughs> how do you think that affects your relationships with uh, other people especially other men because i feel like sometimes um huh, how would i say this it, it 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 does require setting boundaries right away um sometimes there is this impression of single mom. Uh, I don't know. I'll let you answer. Girl, <laughs> I'm nodding my head right now and smiling to my ears. <laughs> um, okay. So when I first started uh, the divorce process and I was looking at my ex-husband and I'm like, of course, it's going to be easy for you to find someone because women love children and mm. you know oh he's so cute look at how great of a dad he is you know mm -hmm. us it's more like i'm a black single woman divorcee with the stigma that i'm bitter you know and yes. a man usually it, i think it's hard for for a man to to walk into um a relationship with a mother and mm -hmm. i think because it asks a lot from them because there's another dynamic that plays into that now. Several, mm -hmm. there's the ex-husband that's probably still in the child's life. There's the child's need and there's a competition when it comes to spending time with you, spending time with the child, spending time as a family, potentially. Um, and, and I don't know, I keep saying it requires a lot of stepping up because mm -hmm. as mothers usually we say hey you know what i come with the whole package so it's either me and the kids or nothing at all and i was having a very deep conversation with a friend the other day i went on an eat pray love journey and mm -hmm. <laughs> we were having wine and she said natalie you do not need to date with your child you need to date for yourself Meaning you go out on dates with a person, you get to know that person. That person should not be here with your children. And 
I was like, no, <laughs> like, <laughs> no. <laughs> but I'm learning to balance this. It's very, very, very hard. But I do push for a platonic relationship at first when it comes to that. And mm -hmm. you let the person get to know you for them to know exactly, is that really what you want? Because I'm definitely not going to want you to be in a relationship with me if you don't know that's what you want, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. there are kids involved. Mm -hmm. There's me involved. There's a lot. There's a lot involved. So a lot of pressure comes with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lots of pressure. Lots of... Um... I think expectations also, but I, yes. I feel like there's a lot of, I don't want to say judgment because that would not be the correct word, but assumptions, I think, that mm -hmm. people also mm -hmm. have coming into a relationship with a single mom. Mm -hmm. um, and It's not easy. It's not easy, but there are lots of assumptions that just need to be broken down sometimes because I feel like sometimes there are, a lot of them are false. And they're just, mm -hmm. um, but that might be another longer conversation because there's so much to unpack there, as people yes. say. Yes, <laughs> we must reconvene. Dating as a mother, I would love to talk about that. Right, yes, <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, well, thank you so much. It was great talking to you today. Thank you for coming, for accepting my invitation. I really loved the conversation. I really, really loved it. And I'm looking forward to the next time. Thank you. Thank you, Natalie. Have a great week. And yeah, talk to you soon. And yeah, let me know. I'm available. So um, I love talking. I love sharing. And, you know, I love what you're doing, too. So I'll definitely make myself available. Thank you.